I think a lot of the industry people have this this false illusion that every senior you meet is going to like help you to do something or become something on campus. I don't think that's true. I think a large part of the experience need to be dictated by you. Like you clearly need to like define what you want to do, and then I think you only need to take inputs from uh, from seniors. I've made the mistake of blindly following someone. Hey everyone, welcome to the other side, the podcast about life beyond college and the damn good stories of those who have tread this path before you. We are your hosts, Sabya and Surya. We are super excited to be back with uh, yet another episode of the podcast. You know those times when you enter a university and people talk about a senior who's graduated before you even join. Uh, so today's guest is one of them. He is someone my batchmates and seniors kept talking about. And I ended up looking up to him despite never having actually met him. So he is Shashanka Rao, a 2016 graduate from the Department of Electrical Engineering at IIT Madras. Uh, so after Electrical Engineering at IITM, he moved on to be a business analyst at McKinsey for two years. And after that, he took the decision to go to South Africa, where he, he still is in South Africa, where he worked with uh, the African Leadership Academy, a venture in the space of education. Uh, so we caught Shashanka before he moved on to Harvard, uh, where he's going to do his MBA. And we were really excited to get a chance to talk to him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, as, as you mentioned, he's one of the seniors who you, you say you have looked up to, even I have looked up to, even uh, with the fact that I have never met him. <laughs> and uh, I must have given his example also to a lot of my peers and a lot of my juniors. And rather, we both were so excited for this episode that uh, we had a long discussion about who is going to take this interview because we both wanted to. Uh, but I finally had to give it to Surya because... Uh, because I uh, emotionally blackmailed him, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, Surya is going to be your host today. So, why don't you tell what do, what are you going to discuss with Shashanka? Yeah. Uh, so, it was a very wonderful discussion with Shashanka. We talk about his life in Africa how it feels like uh, to leave behind his family at ALA, his uh, family as in the people he has met there for the past two years. And we talk about the cultural differences between India and South Africa. Uh, then I move on to talk about his life in Insti and where he gives uh, wonderful fun days for all the juniors listening to the podcast. We also talk about why he took the decision to join consulting and uh, how he transitioned to ALA and kept his passion for education continuously going. We also talk about Parivartan, which is Shashanka's uh, educational venture, which he has uh, started working on in India. And finally, we touch upon his upcoming MBA at Harvard Business School and uh, what he seeks to learn from that and why he feels like it's the right thing to do to keep going ahead with his path of uh, social development. So I really enjoy talking to him. As Sabya also said, uh, both of us were very excited about this episode to talk to someone whom we have uh, never met in person. Uh, so that's it from the both of us. Let's uh, head on to the podcast. Hi, Shashanka. It's great to have you on the other side podcast. So we are, both Sabya and I are really thrilled to have you on board. And I hope to have a wonderful discussion with you over the next hour. Thank, thank you for inviting me. Um, I think I'm, I'm really happy to see an initiative like this in place. 
especially in times like this, I think it's important to hear from each other. And also, I'm sure there's a lot to learn from each other through podcasts like this. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, so thanks for joining us again. And I would just like to start with uh, how your life is right now in Africa. You're actually going to leave there soon in a couple of months and go to Harvard, of course. And how does it feel? You've spent around two years there. How does it feel to be leaving your friends and leaving your school? Yeah, thank you for asking that. Um, it w- it's been like an amazing experience for me. It might feel like a lot of the African countries are the same, but it's like a common misnomer. Like living in South Africa is very different from living in Kenya or living in any other part of the continent. And I've thoroughly enjoyed being in Johannesburg here. It's funny because I would have not expected or I would not have guessed to be in this part of the world at any stage in my life. And it has been a very serendipitous journey to come here and to be part of this community here. A couple of weeks ago, I had the, had the opportunity to come back to India just before things were closing down. And I had to think really hard about how I wanted to leave this place. One thing was very clear to me that I didn't want to leave this place uh, in such an abrupt manner and fly back to India because the borders were closing. I decided to stay back and work on the the virtual learning platform which my school, uh, which is a secondary institution, was building for its students. And I took it on as a project and I've been working on that for the last few weeks. And it's been an extremely gratifying experience. Even during the pandemic, it's also made me realize the things which I value here and the community members whom I really want to um, give back to in the community here. Yeah, one of the interesting things about your life that both of us noticed was how you made a decision to switch from India to Africa, to South Africa, something yeah. that most people would balk at. Like it's something which is quite offbeat. So I just want to talk to you about uh, how, how is the cultural integration like? How did you feel when you just made it to South Africa? And were there any difficulties in adjusting to their society? I think for me, like before before I was making the transition, like I had, did not have a geography in mind. Um, so when I was deciding to move to a new job, uh, after my consulting experience at McKinsey for two years, I wanted to go to a geography where I have lots of opportunities for impact. That meant that I either stay in India or I move to a, a country like South Africa where there are like really, really interesting opportunities. And one of the benefits of living in uh, an emerging economy or working in a context like this is that there's a lot of scope for innovation, uh, which usually doesn't happen a lot in maybe in developed countries. Uh, might be generalizing here, but I feel like the opportunity to innovate is a lot more. And uh, so when I first came here, it, it felt a little different because the pace of life is uh, quite varied. India is, if you, if you compare India and South Africa, India is very fast paced uh, when it comes to the activities we do. And I also lived in a society which was extremely fast-paced consulting in an urban city and that compared to living in the outskirts of Johannesburg working for an education institution like change of pace was very drastic to me so it took me a couple of months to like adjust to the way the people lived and like worked so one amazing thing is that if you had to find another country which was similar to India in terms of their approach to life and like culture I think you, you, I think you have to come to like Africa and experience that life. Uh, there's lots of communities which are built on the same moral values as India. Uh, people really respect people who come from outside. Uh, people live in like large families. People try to build communities, which I see as an emerging trade between countries like India and South Africa. Okay, so that was great. 
and uh, we'll definitely get back to your journey at ALA in South Africa and um, what your future plans are and your passion for education. But I'll just like to take you back, uh, what, eight years, I think, and uh, begin at how this entire journey started. Uh, so you joined wow. IIT Madras uh, as a fresher in electrical engineering. And uh, I just want to know, uh, did you come in with any expectations about uh, how you'd leave IIT? Uh, what were your goals when you came to IIT? And why did you even take up engineering in the first place? Ooh, I can't believe it's been eight years. <laughs> it almost feels like I was ordering a dosa from Gurunath like like a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, yeah, like like most IIT students, I think engineering was not a serious career choice. Um, it was like an inevitable like educational journey which I wanted to like pursue. Um, like before coming to IIT, when I was preparing for things like JE, I had like two two like design principles, two decision principles, which I wanted to use to choose my undergrad. One was I wanted to be close to home. Uh, so like I definitely wanted to be in like South India to do my undergrad. At the same time, I also wanted to pursue something academically challenging. Based on my understanding as a 17 year old, uh, electrical engineering at IIT Madras seemed like a good choice which ticked both of these boxes. And um, to be honest, I did not have like a lot of expectations of what I wanted to do post IIT. Definitely wasn't enamored by the fact that you can earn lots of money after IIT. Like as all of us know, we see a lot of news yeah, articles. One point five crores. Exactly. Like like I, I, I did not know if that was true, but I def my, my my family members definitely thought it was true. Like my cousins definitely thought it was true. And when I got in everybody expected me to like land up with one similar package. But I think even as a 17 year old, I was least bothered about the money. Like I knew I would always lead a happy life, like whatever happens. Like I knew that failing from this point would be really hard. So I was okay with any, any outcome from my IT experience. But I knew that I wanted to have a really intellectual experience at the same time also build a lot of my social skills. Mm. Um, like you said, coming from a small village, moving to like as a big city going to like an institution with like people from all over the country was definitely an incredibly humbling experience. And also it taught me a lot about myself and the rest of the country, I would say. So you just spoke about uh, the fact that you didn't have any major uh, expectations before you came in, like at least salary wise and all that. Yeah. And uh, like during your time at IIT, from what I know, at least uh, you explored a lot. You were part of Shastra, of course, and then you went on research internship and you did an internship in Deutsche Bank. And you yeah. basically got a taste of almost uh, everything that IIT could offer for you. And uh, what, what were your key takeaways from all this? Like what was uh, some mantra that you used while making decisions during undergraduate life? I think, I think there were two things uh, which kind of dictated my undergrad experience. The first one being I was massively having FOMO all the time at IIT. Like, as you know, like fear of missing out is quite huge, especially in communities like IIT where you have- Yeah, it's getting bigger nowadays. <laughs> exactly, like it, it is a common, common tendency to spread yourself thin, like across different activities, because one, there's so many opportunities. Two, you've also not spent a lot of time exploring what you really want to do, because you've spent, in my case, three years or two years, in many cases, more than four years preparing for this really scary exam 
that you've kind of lost your childhood and your adolescent years and you want to make make up for all of this in four years at IIT and that's the feeling you have when you come in. So you start like doing things which you've never done before and that makes you pursue like many interesting opportunities. I, I was always like a victim of FOMO, which I don't blame, I don't regret it. But I, I, I think I was always trying to do something cool, which my friends were doing. Uh, and I think it got better over time. Like I started realizing what mattered to me like over four years. But in the first few years, I was just doing everything. Um, coming back to the question, I think my second, like the second factor which influenced all of these decisions was my um, desire to meet like smart, amazing people. Like I tried to pursue all kinds of opportunities where I worked in an extremely social setting where I would meet people from different walks of life and like work with them to create some sort of an impact. Be it Shastra, be it Avanti, be it pursuing like an internship at like, like one of the most, um, like one of the biggest investment banks like in the world. I think all of this was my desire to be in spaces where they were really smart and amazing people. And I think a lot of my decisions were driven by the janta whom I met and the kinds of people who were involved in these activities. That was very interesting because not many people uh, admit that many of their undergrad decisions were driven by FOMO. But I think most of us know that uh, that's at least plays yeah. partly a role in what we do. Yeah, at least in the initial initial parts, right? Because yeah. you don't really know what you want to do. But, uh, okay, yeah, so that is a fair point. But how did you get over it? Like, how did you find, find out what you wanted to do? Like, FOMO generally prevents you from uh, understanding your passion, understanding where you want to be in life. And sometimes it also prevents yeah. you from finding your happiness. Like, you are so pressurized by whatever is happening around you. So how did you tackle all this? I think I was quite lucky, like, that my FOMO led me to opportunities which were, like, really, really amazing. Um, like to give an example, I was a part of Avanti. And um, so I, I actually did my Avanti internship during my summer. Like unlike most people in INSTI who take up Avanti during the semester, which I couldn't because of my other responsibilities in Shastra, I decided to spend my second year summer uh, spending a month in, in Pondicherry. Like this was after my mandated uh, internship at Electrical Engineering Department. In hindsight, I think it has been like the defining moment of my life, like so far. Like my passion in education currently stems from this experience, uh, living in, in Pondicherry with 25 students from like mostly underprivileged backgrounds from all over the country. Like really opened my eyes into the plight of the education system in India and also made me realize what makes me happy. Like even though I was living in like, I would say questionable conditions, like we did not have like internet we did not have clean water the food was really bad but what gave me happiness was being in the classroom speaking to the students it might sound cliche but being part of their lives in like a really small way and to see some of them enroll at IIT Madras like after a few years so I think that was the moment where I realized that I really wanted to be a part of like a grassroots level educational change um, in India or like anywhere in the world so I'm, I'm really fortunate to have picked up that opportunity because if I hadn't, maybe I wouldn't be here today. I would be doing something completely different. And the same goes with Shastra as well. And that helped me build relationships with like amazing juniors and seniors. And that led me to many opportunities which came along the way. Yeah, I, I really believe in like the serendipitous like, like decisions which you take and that could lead to like something really incredible in your life. 
yeah, almost that, like a butter, butter, butterfly effect of things. Yeah, interesting that you mentioned how that one uh, one internship with Avanti almost turned out to be like a turning point for you, helped you figure out what you wanted to do. But yeah. like, I'm just asking you this uh, out of curiosity. What would you suggest to someone in IIT right now who isn't clear about what he wants to do and hasn't had this uh, serendipitous moment? Yeah, I think it's I think it's extremely important to understand like what motivates you. Um, you are at your best if you are pursuing something that really matters to you. And if you don't know what that means, uh, it's completely okay. Like you shouldn't be like worrying about it. Um, like most of us have the privilege to pursue many, many exploratory like pathways and opportunities ourselves. And there's a lot of opportunities out there. And you're more likely to find your passion or your interest by trying than sitting on your couch somewhere. So I would, I would urge every, every person who is confused to pursue as many opportunities as possible, but within a certain constraint, like there needs to be certain um, non-negotiables, right? Like for me, mm-hmm. a non-negotiable was to be like a nine pointer. Like that was something okay. which I really wanted to do. And I would not do anything which sabotage that. I would do everything I can within those constraints. And I also wanted to have a very rich social life. So I wouldn't do something which didn't give me that opportunity. I, I really think, I mean, we are all engineers and we know how to change variables and like work with constraints, right? Like if you can figure out what works for you in that setting, and then you can decide and decide and have a resolution to embark on a few things every, every semester, I think you will land up at something which you will like. I, I think it's, 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 it's just a matter of time. You might even land up at something after you graduate from IIT. It's okay. Like you have a lot of time, like the world yeah. doesn't end. Yeah, tomorrow. I hope so, it doesn't. <laughs> looking at things right now, there seems to be higher probability than... Uh, exactly. <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure we'll come out of this stronger and like more, more, more resolute. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% confident. So following your passion with discipline is uh, what you would advise at least. I yeah. Think, from what yeah. I got. Yeah. Yeah. So in, after four years of IIT Madras and exploring different things, in placements, you decided to join consulting. So I just wanted to briefly focus on that and ask you why you made that particular decision. Okay. It's, it's interesting because I did not sit for placements during INSTI. Okay. So, so what happened to me was, uh, so McKinsey was for the very first time coming off campus and recruiting people off campus from INSTI that year. And uh, I, had, I had interned for an investment bank over, over the summer and had already accepted their pre-placement offer. So I had no plans of doing consulting after INSTI. Okay. Um, I came to INSTI in August, July, August, and I had mentally registered that I'm going to work at TV for the next couple of years before I move on to something else. Uh, I had genuinely enjoyed my internship at TV. I did not know if I wanted to be in finance, but I knew I could work at a place like DB because of all the incredible people who work there. So in October, McKinsey comes off campus and I'm, I'm, I'm at this crossroads to make a decision if I had to apply. Uh, I did not even have a resume and uh, people like from my batchmates had already created resumes over the break. Uh, they'd already started forming case groups and uh, I was completely uh, shocked. And I was also not sure. So I called my very close friends who was at that point of time working at McKinsey. And I asked him like what it was to work at McKinsey. Um, like I, 
hadn't even spent time to understand what consulting was before October of that year. And um, he seemed to inspire me and I seemed to like what he was doing. So just as like, like, like everyone else again, because of peer pressure, I ended up just sending my application. I spent, I, I, I literally did my resume overnight and I got one person to review it and I submitted my resume to McKinsey. And fortunately I was shortlisted and I had to somehow scramble to find a case team and then do my interviews. And like, I think I did maybe like 20 cases before I got the job from McKinsey. It was quite a, a bizarre experience. Uh, I think in hindsight, I, I, I think I was extremely lucky that McKinsey came off campus that year. Uh, and I think if, if that hadn't happened, I probably wouldn't be working at consulting. But um, I think I, I'm glad that it happened because I thoroughly enjoyed my consulting experience. And I think uh, it was one of the other turning points of my life as well at INSTE. Okay. Uh, so just before moving to consulting experience, you keep mentioning how people were so important in your life. And you also said that you had, you always uh, chased after opportunities where you would get to work with smart people. So I just wanted yeah. to understand how, how you picked the right set of people. That is one question. And uh, mm. what, were your key, what were your key learnings from having such a diverse set of people? It's a pretty open-ended question. I just wanted to talk to you. Yeah. No, it's actually a great question because um, I think a lot of industry people have this, this false illusion that every senior you meet is going to like help you to do something or become something on campus. I don't think that's true. I think a large part of the experience need to be dictated by you. Like you clearly need to like define what you want to do. And then I think you only need to take inputs from, uh, from seniors. I've made the mistake of blindly following someone and following the paths of like the seniors whom you idealize, but it doesn't work in a lot of situations because everybody's experience is so different. So what I would, what I would recommend to, to most students who are currently at IIT is to um, start having opinions and thoughts about what they want to do and then asking for feedback rather than asking for advice. I think when you ask for feedback, you can get to know a lot about yourself, your decisions and someone else and the way the other person thinks. And you're also genuinely giving an opportunity for someone else to help you make a decision. And I think that um, really creates that bond between you and your mentor whom you end up choosing. Yeah. So in my case, I had a few spawn seniors who helped me choose whatever I wanted to do. I also had a few seniors in Avanti who, whom I really looked up to as well. And uh, I always went them, for, I, I always like approached them for feedback rather than advice and directions. I think that really okay. helped me. So, uh, yeah, mentors, obviously, mentors play a very important role in all our lives. Uh, but uh, yeah. I kind of want to focus on the other part of this, where you said that you yeah. had uh, got, you tried to idealize a few seniors and you went down probably the wrong path for you. Yeah. Could you just elaborate? Yeah, like I remember I was, um, I was almost considering applying for like, an inst like a hostel secretary role. Okay. I am not sure if that's what it's called. Uh, so I was trying to become the sock sec of my hostel and, um, and I was just doing that because the person, Someone else like, there was somebody I was, I, I was looking up to was doing that. And it just felt like an amazing thing to do because I was thinking about all the possibilities that might arise from this. Maybe I could have contested for like an institute position, which was something which was really coveted at IIT during my times. And I'm sure it's still like one of the yeah, most, yeah. um, like wanted PORs. Um, but then I, I remember like 
then I, I went to like one of my seniors and I asked him like somebody who was not doing it. And I told him that I'm not genuinely interested in doing this because I don't see myself one standing for elections and uh, like trying to get votes from my, from my friends. Like I'm not interested in doing that. And at the same time, I also don't want to be spending my time doing something which probably won't give me uh, like a lot of fulfillment and happiness. Okay. Uh, it just didn't appeal to me, but I was almost doing that because somebody else was doing it. And I'm really, really happy that I went to this person and he happened to be a sponsor at that point of time. And he asked me to apply to become a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy I had this conversation with him and I'm happy that he allowed me to apply and he gave me some feedback around this and helped me go on this uh, thought process. That was very insightful because what is happening right now in Steve is uh, people are applying for PORs all over again. And since your time, obviously, the number has increased exponentially. So I'm sure people can relate to whatever you felt at that time. Yeah, so back to McKinsey. You spent, I think, two years, was it there? I'm not sure. Yeah. So two years there. And I just want to know in the back of your head, uh, did you always know that you were going to leave in two years? Because that's, that tends to be a lot of people's uh, career route. Like McKinsey serves as an exit option. It has wonderful exit yeah. options as well. So what was in the back of your head during consulting? Yeah, I think I wanted to stay long enough to explore different kinds of projects and leadership styles, but also not too long uh, so that I, I just end up being like a career consultant. Like that was never the goal when I, when I joined McKinsey. Like I told you, McKinsey was quite, a, quite, a, quite an abrupt, like decision, it happened, yeah. happened to me quite abruptly. Yeah, it was an abrupt decision. And I think um, like I knew that it's a good opportunity and it was definitely a great professional launchpad. Um, so I knew that I didn't want to become a career consultant. At the same time, I didn't know how long I wanted to stay. So, so one of the first things one of the partners told me at McKinsey was to ensure that I experiment with different leadership styles because I'm going to have a lot of managers in my life going forward. And it's important to know whom you work well with. And I stayed long enough until I explored like a few different leadership styles. And at the end of two years, I realized that I kind of had exhausted the kinds of people I wanted to work with. And I was repeating like some kinds of leadership styles in some sectors. And I thought it was time to move on. Um, I might have stayed for three years. I might have stayed for four years, but I felt at the end of two years that I was ready to move on. Yeah. Yeah. So you obviously had a wonderful opportunity to move to. Uh, And before we get to that, uh, I just, what were your key learnings from uh, McKinsey? Like all we understand from about McKinsey from colleges, they think about problems in a structured way and solve problems for businesses. Yeah. But uh, yeah. what was uh, your takeaway? Yeah, before I answer that, I think the craze towards consulting is a little hyped, I would say. And it might be easy for me to say that coming from consulting. But I genuinely think that there are, there are a lot of other opportunities out there which mimic a similar kind of professional growth. Um, so for me, I think uh, consulting and many other jobs out there help you improve your problem solving skill set. So you really start to apply your skill set in a business context, which you aren't used to because you've been using problem solving in an academic context or solving like some real life problem uh, through technology. But now you are, you are asked to do that in a business context. And I think that is an invaluable skill going forward. If you want to be in the business space Two, I think it gives you a lot of autonomy to make decisions. And I think that is an incredible opportunity for somebody as young as you and I, 
who are in their like early 20s to have the ability to make even small decisions they may not be like big decisions will impact like the bottom line of a company but if it is a small decision on your own work scheme on your own task and if you have the ability to like see see it through completely and have um like if you can convince somebody that you're doing good work i think that's all you need to like get from your first job don't don't work in an organization doesn't give you that autonomy like if you can dictate your work to some degree to some extent as It's long right as you don't you. create any harm yeah as long as you don't screw up something really badly for someone uh, i think you should take any such opportunity which gives you that yeah i think it's like having ownership in your own work so that you get satisfaction out of it rather than someone else uh, driving whatever you yeah are. yeah yeah it yeah it's really hard for you to find the exact job after after undergrad like it's i would say it's almost impossible uh, yeah. you should be very very lucky to find the ideal job and i'm sure there's statistics out there which say that most people don't end up continuing in the same trajectory as they start from iits but i think whatever you start with ensure that you develop like a lot of core skills in terms of problem solving like transferable problem solving skills at the same time also have a lot of autonomy in your work so that you know how to make real life decisions that was part 1 of the episode with shashanka where he spoke about his life journey so far and the places it's taken him in part 2 we focus on the african leadership academy the inspiring stories from his time there about parivartan his educational venture in india and of course about his upcoming mba at harvard business school so head on over to a more exciting part 2